so you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get a little more sleep. And if you need to get more sleep, we'd much rather you did that at home and not while we're preaching. You know, you can always catch up with what we had to say later in the sermon right here on this Sunday morning sleep in podcast. You're still going to miss out on the intergenerational community and some of the support and encouragement that you would get if you showed up on Sunday morning. You're not going to get to hear the inspiring music and uh, the kids' comments at children's time. Yeah. And unfortunately, we don't have any cookies. <gasps> but I'm we'll horrified by the cookie thing. we got to figure out how to do digital cookies at this point. There are a thing called digital cookies. I'm not sure we want to get into those. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So. But we'll give you what we can. All right. Well, I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not experts. We're not pros. Well, we are pros, but, uh, but we're not <laughs> experts. And uh, our job is just to try and help our congregations connect with scripture, with their spirituality, and with each other. Uh, in ways that are meaningful and impactful. So this is just us thinking through some of life's big questions every week. And we started it in a podcast form so that we could have this conversation with one another and that you could hear it, whether you're out working or coaching your kid's soccer team, or maybe just as our title suggests, sleeping in, and that you can keep up with what we're thinking about and what we're having the conversation with in our congregations. So so each episode is a sermon, but it's not really a sermon. It's sort of just a conversation about our sermon. And feel free to do, as Susan and I do when we're listening to podcasts, where we pause and then we argue with them uh, in the car. <laughs> yes, uh, we do that a lot. We do that a lot, too. So, you know, s- snuggle in, get ready, and listen. Uh, but we really hope that you'll receive this, uh, our humble offerings, with an open mind and an open heart, and use them to think about your own faith. We don't really care if you uh, <laughs> agree with everything we say or not. A truer statement was never said. A truer statement was never said. And we encourage you to be questioning because that's a, a key factor in, in deep faith and and strong action. And so we, we invite you to be figuring out what you think. And um, But our most dear hope is that you would be experiencing the loving force that we know is God moving in your life as you hear what we have to say today. So I get to, I'm up. You're up, Susan. I'm up. What's up? I'm up. And so um, I am, am preaching on a series, in a series based on the book that uh, two of my small groups are reading called um, Awaiting the Already, oh. which I just think is a great title no matter what. I mean, like, the alliteration, the alliteration, alliteration alone, alone yeah. is so worth it. Uh, but what we're doing is we're looking at a different gospel text in each of the four Sundays of Advent. Okay, so one gospel a week. One gospel a week. So last week we did Mark. Which doesn't have a... Which has no Traditional Christmas Christmas story. story. Right. And this week it's Mark. Matthew. Oh, okay. And Matthew has sort of two vignettes that you are very familiar with. And I'm not going to read both both the the scriptures because we'd be here for another hour because they're both long. Oh, bring on the scripture, though. That's, that's my thing, man. I know, I know, I know. Okay. But the Matthew text, uh, well, Matthew starts with the genealogy of Christ. Oh, yeah. Super exciting. Who super, begat who? Who begat who, right? All the begatting. Begatting. Uh, and, and and I would comment on the fact that there are some unusual characters. There are. It's there fascinating. Are, so they're great, yeah. My dad had this great sermon when I was a kid where it was like a melodrama. Oh. Boo hiss. Yay. For the whole genealogy. So sometime I want to do that one, but... But we didn't do that this morning at no. church. We talked about Joseph. Yeah. So Matthew talks uh, talks about the birth of Jesus from the lens of Joseph. Okay. And then also the the second scripture I read 
was the story of Herod and his interaction with the wise men. Oh. And so uh, I this morning we talked about Matthew and Matthew's perspective through the lens of Joseph and Herod. Ooh, fun. Right? So, oh, the patriarchy. Oh, the patriarchy. Yeah, <laughs> I did have a little sense of that this morning. Yeah. I, I did make the comment. I, I did open my sermon with the idea of uh, asking them whether there had been any donkeys in the story yet. And no donkeys. No donkeys yet. So just so you know. We're, we're, Are we're... there camels, though? The wise men were on camels. Well, I don't think it's actually mentioned. <laughs> I don't know that Matthew is all that worried about the animals in the According story. to that really horrible Christmas hymn, they came on boats. So, yeah, you know, well, to Bethlehem. Yeah, we had that conversation. Yeah, the, where the water is 20 three, miles away. Three, whatever. Ships come sailing in, in on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're not going to sing anymore. We promise. I promise. Okay. So, uh, so we have this hero and this villain, right? Yes. So Joseph is the hero of the story. He's a righteous man, right? And um, Herod... Not so righteous. Not so righteous. So, what do you mean, Susan? What did Herod do? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Like, I want to start with Matthew because I, I, when I started thinking about this this week, I was like, you know, I kind of think of Joseph as like the quiet, like sidekick to Mary. Yeah. Right. Like he doesn't have any lines in the play. He's Robin. <laughs> yeah, he's Robin. Like he's All, a really every once in a while he gets to say holy heifers, Batman, and that's it. Like, he doesn't really get to... He doesn't have any good lines. No, there's no good lines, right? But he's like the good father and husband who saves Mary. He's got a great beard. Maybe. You know, who knows, right? Okay. But perhaps we're missing some of the context on Joseph because we have had this picture in our head, right? It's Linus with his... (laughs) With his blankie. With his blankie. His Mary blankie. Right. Um, But maybe... Because there's... Matthew is very specific about how he describes... Joseph. Matthew says he's a righteous man. And we don't have a sense of what righteous means in our culture. And righteous should bring to mind like all the the stories that we've learned mostly in Sunday school about about people who have been struggling with what God calls them to do and they do the God thing instead of the easy thing. Ooh. Right? So what Joseph does is to, Joseph says yes to the God thing instead of the easy thing. Okay. Right, and so he's no, he's he's righteous. He's like Noah or Job. You know, he's. I mean, Noah. Had well, some, the, the last stuff, but he had some spots. But 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 that's the sense of the story, right? Like yeah. the, this righteousness, right? That doing the God thing. You know, he built an. You know, Noah built the an word ark. That, the word that comes to mind for me is integrity. Right. That this he had a, integrity. Right. So he. So so here's a man with with integrity, right? And and sometimes integrity leads us into some hard places. And I think Joseph is a perfect example of that because we ha- his, his righteousness means that he, instead of escaping this situation with Mary and her having being pregnant and, and all this stuff, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the thing that God is calling me to do, which is to stay in this and figure out where this goes. Right. But I do think he has a little bit of the... Um, the, the eternal human question, which is, why does good why do bad things happen to good people? Oh, yeah, totally, right? right? Can, can you imagine? Hearing- I mean, first of all, being the dad to Jesus, probably we don't want to consider that a bad thing. Right. But, but the circumstances, circumstances were tricky, were right? Tricky like and complicated. His fiance got pregnant, pregnant and a little bit weird, weird, awkward. And not just weird, you know, like, and, and he's contemplating, you know, what he's. It's so euphemistically put in Matthew that he would quietly dismiss her. Dismiss her, right? Well, 
that's not a good thing. That that puts her in a very at a very vulnerable place of poverty and exclusion from community and all. You know, it's not a nice thing that he's like gonna do this. I'm gonna, right? I'm gonna it quiet, might be easy for him. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna quietly ruin her life. Right, quietly <laughs> ruin her life. Right. I'm gonna. I'm doing it quietly though. Right, but um, you know, sometimes. The difference between nice and good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. That's true for sure. And and I the the whole idea of you know that 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 even good people experience hardships, even as we try and stay on the path, right? Like we were talking about last week. You know, there are sometimes circumstances that still prevail, and we're we're placed in in difficult you know conversation. Absolutely, you can do everything right, and it still can right. be hard. And and so here's Joseph who's done everything right and is, and 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 he's faced with this hard thing, and what we have is the angel coming and saying, "Do not be afraid." Yeah. Oh, of course, don't be afraid, right? That's like easy. my first reaction is like that's not what I want to hear. Well, my first reaction is not actually fear; it's more like uh, rage and annoyance, perhaps. Well, well that comes from fear. <laughs> yeah. Come on, come on, Chris. It might it might come yeah. from fear, but like you know, I wouldn't. The angel coming coming and saying, like, do not be afraid. I might be a little bit spooked by the giant glowing person in my room. Right. Well, or, you know, and, and, and sort of this, this this these words that seem like, you know, you just flip a switch and but, you cannot yeah, be afraid. Just, right? just turn it off. Right. I, I feel like the angel would have to tell me, like, get it together, Marshall. You know, like, right. come right. on, pull it together here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and so the story that as Matthew tells it, right, Joseph doesn't do what you and I would probably do. Be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You, With you a know. few uh, expletives. Other, yeah, a little more blue. That's how we blue. say, right? Yeah. But, um, or what, you know, what the heck? What do you mean not be afraid? You're glowing in my room, you know? I. And instead, Joseph hears it as a, as a frank challenge rather than false hope. Oh, interesting. Frank challenge rather than false hope. Right. He says, hmm. I can, I can work on this. I can work from this. I can, I can strive for this. I can, I can work into this if mm-hmm. I, uh, knowing that I am choosing the God way. Yeah. Right. That I am, I'm, I'm acting in that, in that way. So, you know, Joseph takes the choice. He believes the angel without proof and says, okay, we'll do it that way. Right. And it's, it's a short passage in Matthew. Matthew is, is, it's not flowery. There's no, there's no poem about this. It's not It's not nearly as long as the begats, is what right. you're saying. No, it's not. It's not. And so I, I think Matthew, in this, as he tells the story, is, is helping us remember that what we're struggling with is not good or bad. It's God's way versus the easy way. Hmm. And sometimes the easy way is the bad way, right? right. But but that, that what we're trying to be is 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 in that god way is 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 make choices in that direction right which i think um you know can be easy and can be hard and then we have that contrasted with herod okay you know herod's a great character he's delightfully right? wicked oh my gosh like i in my sermon this morning i said he's he's the baddest of the baddies right he's hugh grant he's hugh grant <laughs> he's like charming and rich and seduces all the ladies Maybe. and i i think i i always picture herod as having one of those little thin mustaches that you, twir- that you twirl, twirl at the, the end like yes. a cartoon villain but like a cartoon villain right and the way that Matthew describes him, if you look at the text, you, you see that Matthew is trying to draw parallels between Herod and Pharaoh. 
Okay. Right? Yeah. They're, they're really clear there, it's right? It's a throwback to Egypt, the Jewish throw- heritage. Exactly, right? Matthew's a super Jewish gospel. Right, right. So he's trying to make that connection, right? Yeah. But, but I think in the process, Matthew actually soft pedals who Herod. Herod is. Because Herod is worse, right? Like, worse than killing all the babies? Worse than... Well, he kills all the babies. Yeah, well, he does that. Right? He does <laughs> that, right? I mean... <laughs> right? But, like, remember that, like, that Herod is a man who is so, so threatened... That somebody's going to take his power, that he kills three of his own sons. Oof. And his father-in-law. Well, I mean, in-laws are one thing. Well, in-laws are another thing. But kids. Thing, right? kids right. Are and that, that was actually like a like a saying in the ancient world that um, you were safer as a pig in Herod's court than as his kids. Was Herod kosher? Because Herod, because Herod's <laughs> Jewish, <laughs> right? Herod's Jewish, oh and my he's gosh. not going to eat pigs. But he'll kill his own kids. Oh my gosh! Right, like, yeah. like, like, and that sense, like, the, so the, he's an uber villain. He's not just he's, a regular. Yeah, he's an uber villain. Like, he is like the complete opposite from how we see Joseph. Right, like, yeah. Like he's he's loud and brash, where we see Joseph being, you know, all that that kind of stuff. Right. It sort of makes me think of Doctor Horrible. Uh-huh. Like this guy who's sort of like a wimpy villain, and he but he's trying to go next level, and it takes almost an accident for him to go next level, and then he's in he's in with a really super evil villain. Right, and he's kind of proud of himself for right. that. Well, and, and I mean, Herod does, definitely has that feel because he wants to be he wants to be taken seriously by Rome. By Rome, Caesar is he's Caesar's right. lapdog. He is Caesar's lapdog, right? And and Herod in in what I got thinking about was how how Herod never hears an angel say, do not be afraid. Ooh. What Herod hears is be afraid of everything. Yeah. Right. What do you think the angel would say to Herod if the angel showed up? I don't know. Herod's like brushing his teeth and all of a sudden he like looks up in the bathroom <laughs> mirror and there's like a glowing dude behind him and it kind of Be not afraid. What would happen if, it, it, I mean, what would happen if Herod wasn't actually acting out of fear? If Herod wasn't acting out of fear, we would have no narrative. Right. Right. Because right. there'd be no bad guy chasing everybody down. Right. Right. No guy trying. I mean, so what Herod's trying to do is is he he's he's so fearful he becomes paranoid, mm-hmm. and he tries to control his destiny, um, even though he can't. Right. And I think what Matthew is is one of the things that Matthew gives us in this gospel is this realization that fear is not the way. Oh, that's huge. Right? That's massive. That's massive, right? That like 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 that that that. That we're living into these promises of God, and we have to do that in ways that where we're not doing it out of fear, like that we're not afraid of some mythical being smiting us, right? But that we are afraid that, but that we are that we want to be in the midst of God's thing, right? Versus being afraid of what God might do to us because we keep choosing the the other way. Right. Yeah. The other thing that this that, that Matthew pulls into this is the thing that Joseph hears. Okay. And that is, don't be afraid because that baby that Mary's pregnant with is God with us. Emmanuel. Yeah. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. And to choose God in this case is to choose to choose God with us. Right. And, and so you that, can't choose God on a faraway pedestal judging us. So you have to choose, choose the God, God who shows up in your God. life and might actually need something from you. Right. And, and you know, is going to change mm-hmm. everything about, I mean, talk to any new parent, right? Changes your, everything. Whole, your right. whole life. Your whole life. How you spend money, how you spend time, how you spend yep. 
exactly. your attention, uh, how you feel about all of those things, the chemicals that are swirling around your brain, everything changes. Yeah. And the story I told was a story from my personal life about living in the inner city when I was a missionary and having the experience of being on the other on the other side of the river talking to a Sunday school class and some of the guys being like who who were probably old enough to be my dad uh-huh. at the time you know having that sort of dad kind of worry who would come up to me and go aren't you afraid to live in that neighborhood and having this sense of like I just spent an hour telling you about how God is working in this place and you think I'm afraid to be, to be in the midst of that well, then, but then there's the other side of it, right? Which is that if we actually understood what we're talking about every week, if we if we understood the radical mm-hmm. nature of the call of God, we should be wearing crash test, test helmets, helmets right? I love that, Annie Dillard. Like that, right? that we, if we really understood the power of what we're talking about, we would not take it so lightly right. that right. we were not afraid. Right. right? That, that, but, but, but to be that afraid. To feel the seriousness of it without letting the anxiety rule, rule how you behave. Of, yeah, exactly. Right? That, that's a yeah. hard balance to strike. Right. And I told the story about how it, and part of their part of their I think their anxiety that they were placing in my life uh-huh. was that my skin color was not the skin color of my neighbors and, right. and like I, I stood out like a sore thumb and and I was talking and but I said you know this is a community right yeah. like and I told like I shared with my church this morning you know Miss Esther knew whether I was home or not yeah and if and I didn't get I'm... home she was gonna call somebody who might know where I was right. Right? Like, there was no danger there, right? She, walking down a dark street, she would have seen me pull the van in behind the center and know that I should be walking out, right? Like, right. those sorts of things. So, and the other definition of righteousness is really about right relationships. Exactly. Right? And so when you build solid community where you care about each other and you take care of each other, like, the righteous thing, the, the thing that has mm-hmm. integrity is watching out for each other. Right. Whatever the other things are that you think you should be anxious about is taking care of each other. Right. And so, Miss Esther... In a sense, was sort of a righteous, a righteous right. she dude. Definitely, she and definitely, you were a righteous. righteous dude. And the people who watch out for each other—that's the righteous right. thing to do. And then the other story I, I always love to tell about Neighborhood Center was we had a, somebody broke in one night and was running down the street with a computer. And I, I feel like in Reno, like nobody would notice, <laughs> right? I mean, like, it sort of depends on if you run into somebody, right? But right. Yeah. But you know what I mean. And and at Neighborhood Center, the the prostitute down the block was like, "Oh heck no!" Yeah. Right, and she called the police. That's funny. And and part of that was right relationship. We we took care of her daughter. Yeah. In our preschool, and when we accepted her family and, and who she was as as she came to so us. So then, now. like you gave her agency right. to care about her own neighborhood. Exactly. And to say, you know, it matters to me that we all live in a safe neighborhood. So I'm willing to say that's not okay with me. Right. So what I what I come away with from Matthew. Matthew's view of the gospel story, the birth of Jesus, is the sense that Matthew says the world is not right. Right. Right? It's a realistic picture. There are people who are acting in God direction, choosing the God way instead of the easy way. And then there are people who are choosing the, the easy way or the, the fearful way. And that causes but, a lot of chaos and for that everyone. Causes, and that causes chaos for everyone. But that what we're counting on is is Emmanuel, God present with us. Mm-hmm. And that we're counting on the guarantee of Christ's presence, not just in Matthew's telling of the story, but in our telling of our story. Right. Because there's some tense issues, right? Like they will call him, they will call God with us, right? And we do that. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Even now, as yeah. we await what we already know is coming. 
Um, <laughs> awaiting the already. Awaiting the already. Yeah. So, and God's pretty consistent at that too, which is the other amazing thing, the grace and mercy. So then where are the places where, for listeners, for us, where are the places where we feel anxious that we might be missing out on where God is with us? Yeah. And where are the places where we feel like something interesting is happening here, something important is happening here, something that is drawing me closer to community in right relationship Mm -hmm. with myself, Um, Mm -hmm. choosing to love rather than to judge myself, choosing to love rather than to judge my community, choosing to love rather than to judge particular politicians who've recently been elected. Like, how do we we build that right relationship? But more importantly, where is God moving in the midst of that? Do you have any examples of where God is showing up? You know, I... Last night at the Leonard Cohen concert was yeah. just amazing. To it was see. super cool. It was super cool to like pack out your church. Oh my like, gosh! Just even even if if the fire marshal's listening, by the way, we were totally oh, yeah. underneath the, the, our no, maximum no. capacity. It was super safe. It was super safe. Well, all the exits were clear. All the exits were clear. Y'all just didn't see that, but Susan rolled her eyes, <laughs> and I really wish there was a sound effect for that. Uh, <laughs> I might create one. <laughs> we might need one. Uh, I think they're appearing all over the place. Even the simple thing of. I have there's a new baby in my church brand new baby nine days old showed up for church this morning and part of that was talking with them I was like you know you didn't have to come so you know she said but the the new mom is like we want this to be his routine oh yeah part of his this is this there's gonna be that that normal that there's no there's no question in what we do on Sunday morning yeah. And, and she wants to start that at nine days old. At nine days old. Nine hey, days old. here are your aunts and uncles. Here are your brothers and, and sisters. sisters. Everybody here loves you. They're going right. to challenge Everybody you. Everybody was so excited to see you. They're going to support you. They're going to nurture Pastor you. Pastor Susan almost didn't make it up to do welcome. Because she was looking here. at you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pa- Pastor Susan's a little. Baby crazy. Little baby crazy. Baby distractible. Okay, that's better. Because I don't think you're crazy. No, I'm just baby distracted. Uh, but, I mean, you, you are know, to babies the way I am to dogs. Yeah, exactly. That's so, sort of... Exactly. Uh, but I think some of the examples you gave at the end of your uh, sermon... The giving. The giving. I think yeah. that's impressive. I do think that there's some attention. Folks who were, were taking some stuff for granted mm. are doing the intentional work they need to do that, that we're all called to do. I mean, right. I think you and I are experiencing that in our clergy colleagues connections and um, yeah. being intentional about that. Yeah. About pulling together like interfaith community, interfaith community and saying we love each other. We two weeks ago at the, the um, solidarity, the solidarity event at the Northern Nevada um, Muslim center, you know, it's happening around us. We have to be looking for it though. To be paying attention. And we have to let ourselves get out of our fear, get out of our ruts. Yeah. So that we see what's happening, happening around us. So, Righteous ruts. Righteous ruts. Create righteous ruts. Or get out of our unrighteous ruts. So, yeah. Well, thanks, Susan. You're welcome. Emmanuel, God with us. Go find it. Yeah, go get it. Go get you some. Go get you some. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. This is the second week of Advent, December 4th, 2016. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to what we've been talking about, um, shoot us an email. We're at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at Sunday Morning Sleep In. Uh, the scripture for this podcast is from Matthew. Uh, Matthew 1, 18 through 21, and Matthew 2, uh, 1 through 12. And I'll just do a little shout out. If you don't have a Bible handy, if you don't own a Bible, or if you are just uh, super lazy like me, you I have can... A gateway. 
check out BibleGateway.com. It's a really great resource. You can check out a scripture like side by side in multiple translations. Um, the message is on there, New Revised, Trans, uh, New Revised Standard Version, which is sort of my go-to study translation. Lots of different translations on there. Even you King James people. You're covered. You're covered on BibleGateway.com. It's a great way to check it out. You just have to type it in. You don't have to look for the little numbers on the page. It's very helpful. The theme music that you heard is by Jazar, uh, Take Me Higher. And uh, Susan, why don't you send us out with a, with a benediction? And my benediction is do not be afraid. Oof. I think of um, the, the song lyric, I go before you always. And that is exactly what God has promised to do in Jesus, in Emmanuel, God with us. Um, so do not be afraid and do not act out of fear, but go forth to do the God way instead of the easy way. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> Amen. Amen.